Welcome to the Dayton Women in the Word podcast. We are women helping women to read their Bibles in the Dayton region and beyond. In order to equip our sisters to dig into Scripture, we have started an initiative called At Home in the Word. This podcast series is one of multiple resources created by our team to help you increase your confidence in your own personal study of God's Word. On this season of the podcast, we will be focusing on the overall meta narrative of Scripture and the specific genres of Scripture. So grab your Bible and a notebook and listen in. Ladies, it's that time of year. Summer is around the corner, and we are looking for volunteers interested in helping with summer study. If you are interested in learning more about this service opportunity, email Dayton Women in the Word at gmail.com. Welcome back to the Dayton Women in the Word podcast. This is your host, Jillian, and I'm sitting here with a dear friend, Jen, today. Hello, Jen. Hi, Jillian. I'm so glad. It's about dang time. (laughs) (laughs) I'm here. Oh, my goodness. I'm so glad you're here. I get to share you with everybody today. So before we jump into the New Testament, would you just tell us a little bit about yourself and where God has you at in the season of your life? Sure. So I'm Jen. I um, was born and raised here in Dayton, Ohio, lived here my entire life. And I um, am married. I'm a wife. And we will have been married for four years this May. No. Four years. (laughs) That's awesome. And then we have a precious little girl, Maisie, who will be uh, 18 months, uh, like a week. Mm So, yeah, I'm staying at home raising this crazy little kid and <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully not feeling too crazy yourself. <laughs> Sometimes. <Yes. laughs> Toddlers have a way of yeah. doing things. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. Very, very cool. So uh, without further ado, we're going to talk about this big picture today of the New Testament. So why is it important to have an understanding of the big picture of the New Testament, Jen? Good question. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's really important to have an overall understanding because um, the Bible is just this big story about who God is. And, um, you know, you want to better understand his character and to understand who he is, you need to have a clear understanding of the entire Bible. You can't just stick in... Um, the Gospels, for instance, because then you're only seeing one part of who God is. You need to um, be able to read all of it to um, see all the different parts of who who God is. Hmm. So although we want you to jump right in and, and read it, we also think man, it, it would be helpful to you <laughs> to know just kind of what what's what's the big picture behind that uh, maybe smaller picture you're gonna see when you jump into that um, specific book you're you're gonna be studying or you're gonna you're gonna be reading yeah um, like context is important um, like for instance right now I'm studying first uh, John hmm. and you know what a coincidence <laughs> so am I. <laughs> 
it actually is a big coincidence. <laughs> we don't even go to the same church, no, we but we're don't. both studying the same book. Yeah. Um, but for instance, in that book, John is so adamant about proving that God or that Jesus was man. Yes. And then you're like, okay, he's really talking about this a lot. But if you go back to the Gospel of John, that or really any of the Gospels, and you learn about who John was and how mm-hmm. he literally saw Jesus, mm-hmm. he touched Jesus, like he was with Jesus so much, that it would make sense that then when you're into First John, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, no wonder he's so passionate about this. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just helps click when you have that context and you're not just jumping around and you really do have that big overall picture of yeah of all the books. There's the so much meaning that we could not have taken from just jumping in, I guess, is what yeah. the, the, you, we don't want you to miss and we don't want to miss the, the meaning that we would we would absolutely not get by just um, just opening it and and jumping right in. So when they when the listener does open their Bible, what will they find? How how will they find this New Testament constructed and and why do, why do we think it's that way? Um so there's 27 books in the New Testament. I didn't realize this until I started doing some research that they're all written within like 40 years of each other, mm. which is pretty crazy mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> compared absolutely. to the old testament which i'm so, sure so if we're backtracking from now that would be like i can't math <laughs> <laughs> so say it's 2020 yes it would be like 1980 within the span between 1980 yeah. and 2020 all of the new testament would have been written right that does put it in perspective yeah for me there's yeah. a lot a lot that was going down. Yeah. <laughs> so 27 books written within 40 years of each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first five are all um, narrative. The first four are the Gospels. You have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Um, and then, and each of those Gospels is a little bit different. Um, and then you have Acts, um, which is going into how the new believers started the church. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the epistles, there's 21 letters, essentially. Um, and then um, Paul wrote a lot of those. <laughs> Paul, Paul, Paul. Somebody else, Paul. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I then, don't actually know if that's the order. <laughs> that's just in my mind how I think about it. Yeah. And then the final book, uh, the book of Revelation. So that's mm-hmm. kind of your your simplistic, simple way of looking at what's going down when you open up the New Testament. But we can kind of dive in a little bit deeper if you'd like. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it. So Gospels. So Gospels, you have Matthew, um, a disciple of Jesus, and he's writing this gospel with the intention to kind of show um, Jews that Jesus is the Messiah mm-hmm. um, that they have been waiting for and kind of explaining God's kingdom and um, just proving to the Jews that this is the this is the Messiah that you've been waiting for. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also sharing a lot about how they reject him. Mm-hmm. And then after Matthew, you have Mark, which is the shortest gospel. And it's which just. Which we are studying. <laughs> for, I got to put a plug in there <laughs> for summer study this, this uh, summer 2019. So check that out on our website if you haven't already. Yeah. So if you want to know more about Mark, just go to the study. <laughs> <laughs> just come on over. Um, but from what I was researching, it kind of sounds like that might have been the first gospel to be written. It's not mm. proven, but it might have been. And it's just very action-packed. Lots of events surrounding Jesus' life. Mm. Um, and then you have Luke, which is the longest gospel. 
and it was written by a doctor, and he's a Greek, and he just... I, I relate a lot to Luke because hmm. I uh, was a journalist at one point, and hmm. Luke is all about doing his research and getting the facts down. Like it says that in one of the first verses of, of Luke. This is, is not fake news. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, this is real. This is for real. <laughs> so Luke's my favorite gospel. And then John, um, the disciple whom Jesus loved. Mm. Uh, and that gospel is really focusing on um, Jesus being just sent from God, and he's the only source of eternal life. Um, like in every chapter, Jesus's deity is revealed in the Gospel mm. of John. Mm. So, wow, I love the gospels. Um, we actually will have an entire episode in this series dedicated to the gospels. So, as you're listening, stay tuned because we will unpack these even further in a little bit. Okay, so then uh, Acts. Acts. Um, Acts shows, like I said, how a new community of believers is being formed. It's. Um, I thought this was interesting, just thinking about, you know, when I think about Christianity, I think, oh, it's just, it's been around forever. Hmm. Um, but something to think about, like, when the book of Acts is being written, like, the faith of Christianity had been around forever, hmm. but this whole concept of, like, starting churches and Hmm. having like this community of believers and having the Holy Spirit with you, that's brand stinking new. Hmm. Um, And it's a story of, you know, them talking about just like what that struggle looks like and how all these new believers are being sent out to share uh, that Jesus came and he Hmm. was there for you and died for you. And now what? (laughs) Yeah. There's no church shopping because at that point they didn't have any other churches to compare to. That's true. They were just trying to live out what Jesus had taught them. Yeah. And um, I thought this was really interesting. Our um, pastor just recently talked about, or actually we had a visitor um, come to speak about the kingdom of God. And he said that 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 church is actually mentioned very little um, by Jesus but that the kingdom was mm. used so so much, and um, and just that emphasis on on the kingdom, and so the the um, the disciples, you know, in Acts are just really trying to figure out what kingdom living looks like, and I'll never forget learning about. Um, what it means to have all things in common um, with others. That's just one very, very small example of what is in Acts as what they're trying to do, um, how they're trying to share with one another, how they um, don't believe anything that they own is their own, but belongs to the kingdom, so belongs to others. And that's so countercultural of what what we know of in the United States of being independent and and what's mine I earned and you know all of these things um, so just yeah that's a little picture into what acts kind of shows kingdom living um, and I also remember that acts has 28 chapters because I met someone who was from a church called the acts 29 oh. church <laughs> and I said I said to the lady I said, Oh, I will need to go back and look at Acts twenty nine because I need to see. <laughs> I need to see what it says there because now I'm curious. And she said, "Well, you won't find it in the Bible." 
<laughs> and I said, thank you for educating me today. Um, but, that we'll all remember. Yeah. So <laughs> if you're curious about what the Acts 29 chapter is, it doesn't exist. And it's about trying to continue that story yeah that we see started in acts that makes sense so <laughs> i never really thought about it. i didn't either i didn't either i've never studied it before but now i've been i was taken to church that day and schooled um sunday schooled um but so then what comes after acts jen after acts that's when you have the epistles which is a fancy word for letters mm-hmm. um 21 books, 13 of them written by Paul, mm. um, and most of them are letter format. Some, most of them have like that beginning, middle, of it and end mm-hmm. where it says, dear, you know, mm-hmm. I'm writing to you, and they have the, uh, at the end, you know, they always kind of sign off, and but a few of them don't. But otherwise, yeah. um, they're not narrative like the Gospels, they're more, you know, just sharing, like, might, they might sometimes be like a sermon mm-hmm. that they were sharing, Um and they're just kind of encouraging those new churches, mm-hmm. and um, the new believers might be struggling with persecution mm-hmm. or division, and these letters are, um, you know, Paul or James or John kind of saying like, hey, like, um, just reminding them of the truths that mm-hmm. Jesus had shared with them when he was there, mm-hmm. and um, encouraging um, these believers. Mm-hmm. And to this day, they're still constantly encouraging us and yes. reminding us. <laughs> very <laughs> much so, very much so encouraging and relevant for us. You know, that's going through first, second, and third John, I almost like forget to, I mean, it's so immediately relevant, you know, with with other with other um books of the Bible, say in the Old Testament, maybe, it feels a little bit harder to figure out um, how to interpret it and how to apply it. But for, I almost have to slow down in that process in the epistles because I really don't feel like I have to make that much of a leap in my mind. Um, But there's a danger there, too, in that if I'm not slowing down, then I might be interpreted interpreting (laughs) words incorrectly um, because I am assuming a lot in that in that process so I I think for me when I'm reading them there's just so there's so much goodness that I can easily pick up on that then I don't even think it yeah it doesn't sink in sometimes like you said you kind of have to really slow down Take it slow. <laughs> so then, what's next? Revelation, right? Yeah, the last book of the Bible. What are your thoughts, Jen? <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, we have a whole nother. We have a, a one on the epistles and one on apocalyptic literature. So, so um, I recommend you listen to the. <laughs> <laughs> listen, Revelation. It doesn't have to be scary. Mm-hmm. I think the more I was, I was trying to figure out how do I succinctly sum up this book of Revelation because there's a lot of interpretation on it, mm. and <laughs> I think a mistake that I probably have made myself is looking at it as that's a big scary book. I don't mm-hmm. even want to go there. Mm-hmm. But if you look at it as though there's John, this disciple of Jesus, who's having this vision mm-hmm. from the Lord about what. What's going to happen next? Like, it's it's actually very exciting. <laughs> yes. Like, it's amazing that we even get to know this little bit of what's to come. 
Um, and so that's kind of how I would encourage readers to be like, like it's an exciting thing, like worth diving into. Don't be intimidated by it, like yeah. <laughs> I, I often was. Um, so it's kind of have this vision about like the final judgment, how God's going to return. Like it's so amazing that um, we won't have to be in this uh, position forever. Like mm. um, He's going to come back. There's going to be a new heaven and earth. Um, <laughs> God's going to. Uh, conquer sin once and for all hmm. and ooh, that's amazing and yeah. great you know like such we good need news. that yeah we, we need, need that. that um so it's just it's, uh, it's also a book like to i think it was written to seven churches and just like this assurance to these churches of like you know keep enduring like the lord's gonna come back and yeah. i mean there's obviously a lot there's a lot packed into revelation and yes. i'm barely touching any of it that's why you have to listen to that <laughs> other podcast but <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like it's just encouragement for us to 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 trust the Holy Spirit enough mm. that you're willing to open it and at yeah. least see what's there mm-hmm. and um, trust that you don't have to know it all immediately and you might not ever know it all and and to keep this sort of a wonderment about your about your journey in scripture that um, there are are things that God will always be teaching you, and so um, hop in because um, he he might reveal something to you now, and then it might be years down the road, and he sharpens your understanding of that, um, and he's worthy of us taking that risk um, of not knowing it all. So yeah, um, so tell me what are some major storylines happening here. <laughs> Well, I'd have to say the biggest storyline is about Jesus. <laughs> the Sunday school answer applies in this <laughs> instance. Yes. It's, you know, the biggest story, the life of Jesus, that mm-hmm. he um, came, um, you know, just about who he is. He was here on earth. He died for us. Um, um, he was resurrected. And, um, um, you know, then after that, just like how the, the Christian movement began, mm-hmm. Um and then how we are to live now that Jesus has come and been resurrected. Hmm. That's the very simple yeah. story simple of the, story of of the, New, the Testament. New Testament. Yeah, And we have much to look forward to at the end of that. Even though there will be judgment, um, God also has plans to completely remake yeah. <laughs> in the, hev- the new heavens, the new earth. Um, There's a... I've, what I um, have coming back to is the New Testament is a lot of the big tension of like the already but the not yet. Mm-hmm. That Jesus has come, but he has not yet um, uh, made everything. He is making everything new, and he will make everything new. I think that's that's the um, that that's the tension. The tension I think is the right word for it. There's still sin here. Yes. And yes. we're still having to deal with that. So that mm-hmm. tension of like, we now have had Jesus come and we have that Holy Spirit with us, but we still have to deal with that sin. And so I yeah. feel like a big chunk of like, especially of those epistles is like, how do you, how do you deal with that? 
Yeah. Just for an example, in First John, we just studied about how we can have confidence alongside conviction, and that both of those things are going to occur simultaneously. And so because Jesus has come, we are confident of the work he's done in our lives, that we have no more condemnation. There's a lot of C words in there. Uh, we have no more condemnation, um, but we will still have conviction because we are living in this sinful world and struggling with um, going back to uh, a previous identity, really, of who we thought uh, we think we are, of, of sin and its temptation. So it's beautiful to see that we have confidence in the work God is doing, the work God has done, and the work God will do. Um, and sin does not have dominion over us, but um, <laughs> God. God certainly is sanctifying us, though, throughout that process. Um, yes. <laughs> praise, praise, all the praise. So, um, man, listener, I hope you relate to that. I certainly do. Um, just thinking about how I want to be different, um, but also praising him that he he's making me different day by day. So, Jen, if one of our listeners wants to sit down right now, Start reading the New Testament. Where do you suggest they go first? So I grew up in the Christian church, and so hearing that question, my first thought was always like, oh, the Gospel of John. Hmm. But I didn't really know why everyone mm-hmm. sent people to the Gospel of John. So. I don't either. Okay, so I found a very <laughs> helpful article by John Piper. Okay. Like if you Google, like, I've never read the Bible, where should I start? Yeah. And um, he kind of helped explain it to me because I was like, what? I would say, you know, yeah. my first answer is like, oh, just read one of the Gospels. Yeah. But I want to know, like, why. So um, Hyper had a really helpful thing to say, you know, you could start either in Mark because it's the shortest one. Hmm. And if you just want to sit down and really be like, okay, who's this Jesus guy? Hmm. You know, like, mm-hmm. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to start in the New Testament. New Testament is definitely about Jesus coming and who is Jesus. And um, so read Mark because it's action-packed. You can – it's the shortest one. You can sit down in one – sitting like maybe take you like two hours and mm-hmm. you could just really get a clear understanding um, real fast about um, just Jesus' ministry here on earth. Um, and then he said the Gospel of John, it's longer, but it really gets um, to the heart of like Jesus' ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, it contains a lot of his teachings mm-hmm. and um, just allows you to, I think they kind of say like John's just more like a little bit more reflective and mm-hmm. just really will allow you to just dive into um, Jesus, how he was um, God and also man, (laughs) and just how incredible that is. Yeah. Um, John's been wooed. Yeah. (laughs) And now he's wooing others. Right. I I think that's the the thing. If I had to guess, you know, before hearing your explanation, if I had to guess, it's because John – touches at a very human level for us what we're longing for. Um, And, uh, you know, he refers to himself as the one whom Jesus loved. And we we want that love. We're we're looking for that as well. Um, And, you know, how the saying goes, we're looking for it in all the wrong places. And it just kind of answers some very human questions very quickly for us and not even just in what he is saying, but how he is saying it and with the conviction he has. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I mean, John saw Jesus do these miracles. He saw um, he was there in the tomb when it was empty. Mm -hmm. Like he saw Jesus after he came back from the dead. I mean, those are some... Um, yeah, like, I don't even know how to put it into words. I like. know, In- incredible, <laughs> like indescribable, but somehow he does describe yeah. it, and he's just so tight with Jesus. Yeah, I mean, like you know, he's the one that Jesus looks down from the cross and says, "I need you to take care of my mom." Mm-hmm. You know, like who would you entrust your mom to? <laughs> Think about it. You know. Um, that's John. That, that's yeah. their relationship. So I and think so. That's they're close. Yeah. So it would make sense to yeah. read John first, and yeah. he's really going to get help you get that connection to who Jesus is. Yeah. Is and yeah. So so what would your recommendation be, Jen? After <laughs> looking through Piper, and you know, you see Mark and John. Do, would you echo kind of that uh, recommendation, or would you go somewhere else with someone who's brand new? Um. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think you should read a gospel first if you haven't read a gospel. Mm. But let's say, like for me, um, I've been in the church forever, mm-hmm. and I'm ready to like really start studying the Word again. Let's mm-hmm. say it's been years, because that was where I was at like four or five years ago. Mm-hmm. I started in Colossians. Mm-hmm. I, I just have a heart for those, those letters, because mm-hmm. I feel like... As I was an English major. I I just love those letters of mm-hmm. like, hey believer, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like here, here's some just. It just feels very personal to me. Yeah. Um. So I I would say like I just I have a heart for Colossians. <laughs> so, so that do would why? be because of you. <laughs> <laughs> Jen and I studied Colossians together, and um. Actually, fun fact, I think a lot of the reason Dayton Women of the Word does things the way we do came out of a study model that Jen introduced to me through the reading Colossians together or studying Colossians together. Um, I think that's a good word. Like if you're brand new, brand new to the gospel, if you're brand new to Jesus, go to the go to the gospel. If you are brand new to sort of the the depth of scripture and wanting to explore that. Yeah, go for go for some I mean of those it's letters. like four chapters. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, you I can I mean I love I love those shorter books because when it, when you're just starting to read scripture and study that more in depth, you can read the same book like every day. It's yeah. not so hard, yeah. you know, to click on your app and play it and listen to it on just like a car ride because mm-hmm. it's just not that long and right. It's it's far less intimidating, in my opinion, to kind of yeah. start there. And you can experiment with that study mo- – with a deeper study model yes. with a smaller book than, yeah. uh, say, Isaiah or something <laughs> right. along that lines – along those lines. So if, uh, if you were giving anybody any tips or even warnings about their approach to the New Testament, what would you tell them, Jen? Well, I guess I would say, first of all, that no one ever said reading the Bible was easy. <laughs> and no one ever said, it doesn't say in the Bible anywhere, like, you need to sit down and read your Bible for 30 minutes, mm. or, um, you know, you have to have this quiet time a certain way. Um, mm. That was my first, just in general, it doesn't have to do with the New Testament, but just yeah. approaching the Bible in general. Um, it's not easy. There's no prescriptive exact way you got to do it. 
time or where or how or yeah. It's okay things. if there's a struggle. I yeah. love how Jen Wilkin puts it that it's like a long-term relationship. Yeah. Like it's going to have its ups and downs. Um, and some days it might click and then other days you might be like, I'm not sure where this is going. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, scripture says that it's it's for your heart and mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are going to be days that it really connects with your heart. And mm-hmm. then there's going to be other days where you're really going to have to use your mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it might take a little bit more digging and studying to really understand what um, God's trying to communicate to you. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as like the New Testament specifically, what I was thinking about was, um, I feel like it, there's a lot of passages in the New Testament that we hear a lot, you know, like John three sixteen. Like yeah. there's just like a lot of familiar passages that you hear repeated over and over again, in my mm-hmm. opinion. And so um, I think that makes it easier, like we were kind of saying earlier, to like gloss over certain parts of scripture in the mm-hmm. New Testament or to think like, oh yeah, I know that. Mm-hmm. Um, so the biggest tip I would say is you really need to sit and um, be okay with staying maybe in the same part of Scripture for a little bit longer. And, or, you know, like we're saying, like, Colossians is only, I think, four chapters. So you could read that and be like, okay, I read it, done. But there's so much to unpack. Yeah. Um, So, like, kind of force yourself to stay a little bit longer in a certain part of Scripture, when especially when it comes to the New Testament Um, because it's, I think, almost harder to do that. Yeah. Old Testament, you almost have to sometimes stay in it longer because you're like, what? What is happening? (laughs) New Testament, you can just be like, okay, got it, next. You can feel like, I've arrived and I am understanding and and not really get the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge Mm -hmm. of God that it talks about in Romans of each passage and and kind of get that awe that you could study John 3.16 every day the rest of your life and still not have conquered who God is, yeah. you know? So yeah. anyway, good word, Jen. <laughs> Any other uh, tips or warnings? Um, my other thought is um, you can't read one testament without the other. Hmm. I So this is about the New Testament, <laughs> but psych, we're not letting you off the hook. <laughs> also about the Old Testament. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Why yeah. is that, Jen? They're just, it's all so connected. And I don't, you know, like, um, for instance, in the New Testament, there's a lot of references to the Old Testament because that's what the believers knew. Mm-hmm. When Jesus came to earth and he was with everyone, like, all these people that he was interacting with, all they had was the Old Testament. The New mm-hmm. Testament wasn't around yet. And so when Paul's writing and he's encouraging the believers, he's going to be able to go back to the Old Testament to remind them of Scripture that they are familiar with to back up these new um, or revised ideas that Jesus is bringing. Um, So, yeah, you can't just stay in the New Testament because Mm -hmm. that might seem easier to you. Mm -hmm. And my other thought is growing up in church, I knew, like, okay, to be a good Christian, you should go to church, read your Bible, and pray. And I kind of forgot that you could do several of those at once. <laughs> Specifically, like I could say, oh yeah, I read my Bible or oh, I prayed today, but I didn't read my Bible, but how important it is for those two to go together. Mm-hmm. And so when you approach the New Testament or or the Old, um, <laughs> it's just so important that you um, start with prayer, mm-hmm. that you're praying while you read it and you pray afterward. Yeah, And just what a huge difference that is. Like the Holy Spirit wants to come alongside you and help you. Mm-hmm. And It's communing with yeah. God. It's the difference between it being just a 
a class that we are studying or intellectual pursuit to being a relationship. Yeah. 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 Right on. Good word. So is there, any, is there anything that has helped you personally, Jen, in understanding this overall storyline in the Bible? I think for me, um, in high school and college, I was definitely drawn more to like the topical Bible studies mm-hmm. um, and understanding the bigger um, storyline of the Bible didn't really connect for me until I started studying scripture like book by book. Mm-hmm. That was a big thing that made a difference because then as I'm studying one book and I'm um, reading the cross-references and then I'm jumping around to a different book and I'm saying, oh, okay. Yeah. Like this is all connected. That was probably the biggest thing for me personally that kind of helped me see a bigger picture. Yeah. And I mean, we're definitely not throwing those studies under the bus. No. We're just saying it's you can't rely on those as being your meat and your, mm-hmm. I, I don't know, of of your uh, <laughs> nourishment from the word because you need you need the actual word and you need to understand how those ladies got or men if you're doing topical study by a man um, uh, how they got to the conclusions they got to because um, in first uh, or second Thessalonians um, Paul tells us to test everything mm-hmm. to test everything and we just get lazy. <laughs> I do. I do. And I just take everything that others tell me as truth. And that's not, that's exactly what Satan wants us to do. That's exactly it. He wants to play off our ignorance and lead us to a false understanding of of who God is and of ourselves. And so that's definitely a good direction, Jen, is to start, if you want to understand the overall storyline in the Bible, if you want to understand the God of the Bible, study the Bible, and and then you'll be able to discern yeah. from there, from the other topical, um, topical studies. So any resources out there you want to share about um, the storyline kind of concept with our audience? Um. Oh, I forgot. There was one other thing I was going to say. Tell me. I want to hear about it. <laughs> the other thing that has helped me understand the bigger storyline of the Bible is actually since having my daughter is the kid Bibles. <gasps> yes. Like the Jesus Storybook yeah, Bible? like the Jesus yes. Storybook Bible. While Dayton Winner Lord was reading through the Bible last year, I was too, but just with the <laughs> Jesus. I read through the Bible twice last year, you guys. Excellent. Thanks to the Jesus Storybook Bible. But honestly, like... Um, it's just a very easy, like some of the, especially the Jesus Storybook Bible, I'm yeah. just in love with. Yeah. And it just always takes you back to Jesus, yeah. you know, and that's, it's just like, you know, if you're kind of just like stuck and you feel like I should know better about what mm. this big storyline is, that's a very easy and fun way to kind mm. of understand the big overarching picture yeah. of the Bible. The, the way I learned the timeline of the Bible is I volunteer, and I didn't go into this meaning to do this. I volunteered with the kids church in our in our church and the leader of our kids church uh, always did started out with a timeline every single time started her teaching by sort of orienting everyone in scripture and she just made these little icons for each um, 
movement or story, you know, I still remember her Abraham always had a huge beard, you know, and it wasn't complicated, but it was just a stick figure with a beard. And I remember Abraham's story because she did it every time. And so um, another thing might be like volunteer for your kids' church because if if it's simplified in a way that a child can understand it, you'll remember it too. And so that's um, that's really Really good. Yeah, Sally Lloyd-Jones, the Jesus Storybook Bible, couldn't recommend it enough. So, And Seamless, this, the Bible study that um, we also recommend doing that, it is an overall overview of the Bible, and it uses icons as well. That's by Angie Smith. So she kind of takes, takes a, a, I don't know, takes a spin off of that for women. So yeah. it's beautiful. Okay. Anything else you want to recommend to our audience? Um, I always recommend Women of the Word book by John Wilkin. (laughs) It's worth mentioning every time. Um, And the Bible Project is a really cool resource. Um, Just it has you know these helpful videos. um, Mm -hmm. Just brings it all together really beautifully. There's a book called Practical Theology for Women. Hmm. I don't know if you read that. I haven't. um, It's awesome and. It's just the last two chapters that really apply to what we're talking about. The whole book is great, but the last two chapters really do have just a very um, helpful approach to, like, what is the word? How do you Mm -hmm. dive into it? Um, Mm -hmm. And so I would definitely recommend that. And um, I'm trying to remember. Oh, there's a book called Understanding the Big Picture. Wayne Grudem is one of the authors. Hmm. Um, That one goes a little bit deeper. He's the guy that did the huge systematic theology. But there are baby versions. This book is much smaller. It's like a Russian doll system. (laughs) (laughs) You'll never probably find me reading systematic theology. (laughs) I should never say never. But but I will read the baby versions. Yeah. Yeah. So Understanding the Big Picture, um, I believe is the title. And there's like three authors. And Wayne Grudem's one of them. Okay. And it'll really dive in to just that big overarching story of, of the Bible. And it's just very helpful. Beautiful. Thanks for giving us an overview today, Jen. And I hope, uh, listener, that you feel encouraged and equipped to be able to start, um, start looking into the New Testament. Um, and please share with us where you're going to where you're going to jump in if you've decided to make that leap. So we love you, listener. Praying for you. We're excited that you've decided to deepen your understanding of Scripture, and we hope that we've been a part of that. All right. Later, Gator. Later.